The following conversation with St. Charles radiation therapist Beatrice Olivo about the new union contract at the Bent Hospital originally aired on April 30th, 2021 on the Radical Songbook on KPOV, 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Sister Olivo addresses the difficulties workers faced in organizing their union and bargaining their first contract and expresses optimism about the future of work at Central Oregon's largest employer. The Radical Songbook is hosted by Michael Funky. It is a two-hour show highlighting the role that music plays in social justice and protest, and it airs Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Beatrice, you are uh, a medical tech at St. Charles Medical Center, and um, you were on the bargaining committee. Uh, mm -hmm. And just a little background that I want to provide to people if I, if I can here. So just so for those who maybe have a uh, short memory or whatever. So 150 or so medical technicians at St. Charles Medical Center voted overwhelmingly to join a union, uh, the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals, back in December of 2019. And for over a year, St. Charles administrators, in, in my view, failed to take bargaining seriously, and 92% of the uh, medical techs then um, were forced to take a strike vote. They voted to strike, and after weeks of no bargaining sessions, uh, went on strike for nine days in mid-March. Hospital administrators returned to the bargaining table while these critical care workers were actually out walking the picket lines in front of the Bent Hospital along with a lot of community supporters. Uh, the union uh, ended the strike as bargaining continued um, uh, and uh, once, once bargaining started and then continued uh, and uh, a tentative agreement was reached and workers ratified their first contract on March 31st, I believe. Now, this is the second, for our listeners to know, this is the second group of St. Charles employees who now have a union. The nurses have been members of the Oregon Nurses Association since 1980, when they, too, were forced to strike to win their first contract. So, Beatrice Olivo, thank you for joining me uh, today on the Radical Songbook. Thanks for having me. So, you're on the bargaining committee. Um can you tell our listeners a little bit about about yourself in terms of you know your your work at St. Charles is what I mean uh, you know what what you do at St. Charles how long you've been there how you got active with the union Yep um so a little <laughs> further back is I was born at St. Charles in 1980 Oh okay uh, and, yep <laughs> which is kind of you know full circle and you know moved away was in Seattle for 17 years worked up there as a radiation therapist, which means I treat cancer patients with radiation. Um, and I've now been at St. Charles for over three and a half years now. Um, unfortunately, I'm still a relief, but I, you know, I work a lot. Um, and what got me involved in, in wanting to be on the bargaining team um, was as a relief, uh, I was working a lot and I thought, well, how many reliefs are there? There was actually, I think, 14 to 17 reliefs when we voted uh, or petitioned in the union. So I thought, you know what, that's a chunk of the group. That's a tenth of us. So I, I figured we needed a seat at the bargaining table. So I was the only relief that wanted to do it, and I wanted to be involved regardless. So I sat at the table representing the reliefs, but also, you know, part of the group. And then the person that was representing the radiation therapist. So each group, each tech group got... Um, a rep plus the reliefs got a, re a rep. So, and my group's rep retired in the middle of bargaining. 
And so I kind of slid into her spot. So uh, just so our listeners know, when you say relief, just to explain a little bit, that I, I think I know what you mean, but tell us what that means. Um, I'm, I'm a supplemental employee, so I don't, I still, three and a half years in, I don't have benefits, but I have, uh, I get a 15% uh, uh, differential uh-huh. um, in lieu of benefits. But, um, you know, that's not where I thought I would be by now, but I work a lot, which is good. Um, what, what, but, so basically, as a relief, when you say relief, you're basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, does that mean you're, you're on call, or what, what does that mean exactly? No, it's different. It's different. I'm not on call. Reliefs here are used um, as if anyone in your unit is gone, uh, you know, for the vacation, sick pay, anything, you get put on the schedule, or you're, you're asked okay. to work. Um, so. For the first two years, I was pretty much just kind of placed on the schedule, like a like a normal employee, and, and that has now obviously changed with the with the contract. There's right. there's rules now, which is good, yeah. but and I think it's really helped both sides. So so you're a radiology tech, radiation therapist. Ra- radiation therapist. I'm sorry. And mm-hmm. so what are the, g- g- give listeners an example of what are some of the other jobs that the um, medical techs. The people we've identified as medical techs do that our listeners who have been patients. What are some of the job people? Where would they run into these people if they were spent some time in the hospital? Well, um, during the pandemic, we uh, represent uh, the respiratory therapists, which is a pretty large group of us. So the respiratory therapists were the ones dealing with COVID patients and ventilators. Um, we have a surgical techs, which obviously are involved in the OR. Um, we have neurodiagnostic techs, x-ray techs, um, nuke med, and, uh, gosh, put me on, oh, cath lab. Um, so people are placing, you know, pick lines into hearts with the cath lab. So they're, these are pretty, um, advanced, pretty high tech, uh, yeah, degrees and careers that we need to have critical work for people who need health care yes especially especially <laughs> yes. in i would say especially in a crisis or an emergency situation yeah uh, i don't know about there, the rest of my definitely li- go ahead we definitely keep the keep the hospital running exactly i mean like anyone does but yeah, yeah. without us yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah, uh, I, I, I probably can speak for most of my listeners, if not all of them. I want somebody that knows what they're doing when I'm when I'm lying yeah. in that when I'm lying in that bed in the, in the, in the hospital. <laughs> so, did you have um, before you came to Ben? Did you have any other previous union experience? I've never ever been with a union. I've never, you know, my parents never did anything with a union. So when I heard about them. Um, being petitioned in, I honestly had, I didn't know how to feel at all. But then once I started really thinking about my, my first two years at St. Charles, I thought, oh, no, yes, we, we need this. And I, um, I was allowed to do a salary survey. And I realized very quickly that we were one of the lowest paid places in the state of Oregon with, um, with now tied or above Portland for cost of living. So when I did the salary survey, I instantly realized that there was a big problem. <laughs> and yeah. the problem with St. Charles is 
you know, they're the only hospital in Bend. So they have, or they're the for my group, I'm sorry, radiation therapists, there's only nine of us in all of Central Oregon. It's a very small group, and we're all here. There's nowhere else for us to go. So the employer basically has a monopoly over some of these tech, technicians and technologists and therapists, nine, um, such as my group. Nine radiation therapists in all of Central Oregon? Yeah, we have people that drive from Burns every day. We have, um, yeah, uh, the nearest one would be maybe Salem. Yeah. That that doesn't sound like a lot when, when I think in terms of the... I mean, yeah, you know, you know more than I do about how you know whether that's a sufficient number. But you know, I just have to it's say, not. yeah, I mean, yeah. to me, that seems like whoa, you know. Uh, if you have cancer in Bend, Oregon, you only can come to us. Yeah, you know, there's nowhere else. You can't. And the problem is, you know, we're so busy that our treatment times we we have during the summer uh, thirteen hour days because yeah. of how many patients we have. So, yeah, I mean, and that and that sort of addresses, you know, why you often hear about people um, going up to Portland. Um, yes. You yeah. Know, because those that can, those that can, and not everybody can do that, of course. You know, that's a, right. that's a big time commitment. You're not going to drive. You know, I mean, you can drive up there and go see a doctor and come back the same day, but it's it's a it's a challenging day. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just no options unless right. you want to do that. Yes, yeah. yeah St. Charles is definitely uh, a monopoly, uh, and also the largest employer in Central Oregon. Yes, um, yes, we are. So, um, so you got started with the bargaining. Uh, you you um, joined the bargaining committee then, right from the very beginning of bargaining. Mm-hmm. How yeah. how would you? Um, and I know that this is a long stretch of time we're talking about, but how would you assess yeah. the overall? tone of bar- the bargaining sessions, how they may be changed, or just can you give give listeners sort of an assessment of what that experience was like for you? Um, in the beginning, it felt like, it felt legit. It felt like w- we knew it was going to be a fight, but it felt like they were at least showing up <laughs> to, you know, um, agreed upon dates and doing some work, right? So, there was, I mean, this is a, this is our first contract. So everything was drafted either from scratch or we would cut and paste from the nurses' contract or other, other text contracts and right. and start there. So I mean, this is from, from the ground up that we had to start. And and so it felt like we were making a lot of progress at first because obviously we were you know developing pages and pages and pages and we spent so much time like our 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 side you know spent most of the time creating the first round of all of the articles um which we would go over word for word right and and then finally submit them and it felt like saint charles was at least looking at them but a lot of times they would come back and just come back at our 10 page you know article with a sentence that just said the employer, you know, reserves the right to, you know, yeah. do whatever they want. So, it, you know, it, we, we knew that would happen. But as a first-time person dealing with union and bargaining work, you know, it was obviously aggravating at first. But then we kind of realized that it's it's just standard. It's just part it, of the course. So it's how it's going to go. It's, it's the way that most employers, especially employers like St. Charles, who are willing to spend 
tens, if not hundreds of thousand dollars to hire anti-union consultants who are yeah. out there. You know, may, it's a whole industry out there of high po- high paid anti-union people who uh, counsel them and can give them boilerplate. Uh, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, basic boilerplate language to come back at at the union. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's just a whole. There were scripts. Yeah, we found like there. Yeah. There's scripts for both sides, quite honestly, but yeah. um, it was a, it was a learning curve, but it happened pretty quickly. And and you know, OFNHP and AFT, they would always reassure us that this is just this is how it goes, you yeah. know. But it it was, I knew it was going to be hard. I knew that you know they busted the previous group that tried to unionize in 2011. So. Right. I knew it, but I, I don't know. I just was so dedicated. I, I knew that I just would not give up. I, you know, and I think all of us were there. We just were so dedicated that, um, it, it was, it was a mental feat and yeah. the physical feat and all of us that had families and, you know, it consumed our lives outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it did. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've, Worked at unions, not at not in bargaining, but uh, I know that the the pressure on uh, on on the the workers who you're you're doing your job plus you're doing all of mm-hmm. this plus you got to balance that with your personal life and your and your family, mm-hmm. etc. And it's from what I understood, I was out on the picket line uh, talking to people from time to time, and what I understood was. Um, when uh, the federal mediator first brought you all together, back together, management and, and mm-hmm. the, the union, that uh, I was told by somebody, I can't remember who, that that essentially management brought in what was referred to as the B team, uh, that is, i.e., people who weren't really in a position to uh, say yes or no to anything. Uh, that it, that, uh, that was the case from day one. Yeah. We, we knew that who was... I'm sorry. I sh- I you know what? I don't I don't want to subscribe to the word B team just because there's some really they had great people on their team, especially at for you know when we were meeting in person, they had, you know, 10 people on their side and we had 10 plus people on our side and and there's a, the spectrum of of great people on both sides, right? Um, but uh once COVID hit, you know, it was definitely whittled down to a few people. Some people definitely could make changes and I actually my group saw or is is seeing now some changes that people that were at the table on St. Charles side I can tell they did some work um so I am happy about the people that were really dedicated to to really making St. Charles a a better place to be and and a better partnership with their workers so I'm I am actually um thrilled a little bit at some of the things I'm seeing but Definitely, there were not the decision makers, the the people that are going to cut the checks were not, were not at the table. Besides, yeah. maybe a few times at the at the very very end when we were negotiating for thirty forty forty hours a weekend for the right. last couple of weekends. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you make a really important point, and that is that you know you're all in this workplace, and and yeah, yeah. You, you sit down at the bargaining table, and it can be. And it can be contentious. It can be really challenging, and it can be. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't speak for what happened in your bargaining session, but there have been plenty of bargaining union bargaining sessions where people were yelling at one another, you know, and and that kind of stuff happens. And then at the same time, you've got to be able to figure out a way to um, once that's done and once the contract is ratified, 
you've got to figure out a you know I mean you're all going to be there that you're you're going to yeah. go, you know and yeah. and I thought that I thought that your union I thought the union did a really good job with its um, media release after uh, the tentative agreement was reached mm-hmm. where you where you stressed. Um, that you know, labor peace basically is is the term that you use, which I thought was very appropriate. Um, so I, I applaud the union for that, for sort of you know taking taking the high road. I I thought that St. Charles took a, and I don't know. I mean, I don't expect you to be <laughs> critical of them, but they they took a different mm-hmm. approach. Let's let's put it that way. It was rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there were some rough moments, but I am glad that we, you know. I did a few interviews and and I was upset after reading some things, but I I think that at the same time, now that I look back, like all we ever wanted was, was respect and labor peace and a partnership and a seat at the table with St. Charles. And and I, I, I do feel like we got that. Great. Um, So I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it's been a month since you ratified the contract. Mm -hmm. How are, how, how would you, how would you describe the um, the feelings of the of the the people that are now in it now have a union and and just sort of the general mood in inside the hospital? Um, I just as you say that just my I just have a huge smile on my face. Um, I it's almost better than I even thought it would be. At first, it was really hard, especially my group. You know, we had a little bit of a split group. Some people stayed. You know, um, of course, like, we don't want to not, we didn't want to not treat our patients. We get to know our patients. We treat them every day. And having to, having to make that decision was really hard. And we, you know, we may have lost some respect here and there from doctors, but, but we are, we are mending that now. So now we're in the phase of reconnecting. And I, even yesterday, you know, we just made some, some steps towards communication with all the other people in our department and, I feel like now it's going to be, a, like I said, like a, more of a partnership and more of a level kind of um, cooperation amongst everyone in my department instead of us all being separated. And that feeling is what we now have throughout the hospital amongst the techs. So before we were all so separated, right? Maybe some people crisscross, you know, x-ray and surgical techs because they work together a lot. But I mean, especially my group, we're just in the, we're just out in the corner by ourselves. But now I have, you know, 156 brothers and sisters, basically, that we see in the hall wearing red and just big smiles, right? Like, you're just like, I have, I have so many, I have 156 new friends. Yeah. I have the support of all those people. They have my back. I have their back. And the hospital is looking at us now as a team and a, and a network and I feel it. Um, and, and I think most people will, will hopefully end up feeling the same way. Um, so yes, I think that it's made a huge difference, especially as, as things have kind of simmered down and emotions have kind of gone down and we're all breathing and going back to work now. I think that, um, the, the mood and the positivity is flowing. It's, it's, it's good. And I really think that it will improve patient care. I think it will, um, affect St. Charles's, um, just ability to work with their employees instead of as a separate 
identity. Right. I feel like maybe not yet. We still have so much work to do, but I feel I feel like we unlocked the door. The door is open, and now people just have to decide yeah. when to walk through. And I think that waiting till you have that positive attitude is important, and um, and holding on to that, and making sure that. Uh, you have support from your coworkers and and from your managers and supervisors, and I think now that uh, the communication is open. Yeah, I think you have a great perspective. I think, you know, you just so our listeners know, you and I were initially planning to talk very shortly after the um, the ratification vote, and I mm-hmm. suspect that our conversation would have been a little different then. And I yes. and, 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 <laughs> and I think it's good for our listeners to hear this a month later that. You know that things that you know that you you have this you have this positive feeling about you know what what you were able to win and it's you know I mean the camaraderie that that you're talking about that developed between uh, the workers and and you know I mean you were all in this together and and you yeah. really needed to be and and you know and having to make. Um, make do with you know like you said in in certain segments of the hospital where some people did were out on the picket line and maybe a maybe a few were not for whatever yeah. reason that you still you still have to work together and 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 yep. you're working in a very critical um i don't want to call it an industry a very critical profession i guess i would say where it's mm-hmm. a life and death profession and so you know there yeah you know and so it's 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 really good good to hear all of that and 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 good to know that that um that that those feelings apparently are are going you know are 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 there with you and and some of your people that other that were in bargaining were more adversarial perhaps um yeah yeah, that's great. So I, I want to get back. I want to get to what the contract talks about, but mm-hmm. I, I did want to raise this question of uh, the open shop versus the closed shop, and and just mm-hmm. so listeners understand, um, uh, an open shop essentially uh, this would be my definition essentially means that workers don't have to join the union or pay dues, but but they are rec- but the union is still required to uh, bargain on their behalf and even mm-hmm. uh, even. Uh, assist them if they're disciplined in the grievance if they have a grievance to file so they they, they basically the union has to even if they even if you don't pay dues the union has to uh work on your behalf and so that's why mm-hmm. unions often push for either a closed shop where everybody has to pay union dues and be part of the union or at least uh a fair, fair share. share fee where people mm-hmm. are have to pay their share of the contract of the uh, cost of administering the contract. So you got you did not get the clothes shop like the nurses have, but you right. do you did get a as I understand it you did get a um, any any new pay new employees do uh, will be obligated to pay a fair share fee to cover the administration of the contract. Is that accurate? Um, I don't have the contract in front of me, and quite honestly, I keep forgetting which one does which but i do believe that new employee new employees hired after the ratification um have the option for 30 days to join not join or pay fair share but if they don't want to join and please forgive me if if this is backward um they have to write a letter that says they want out completely right right now with current employees they do nothing if they want to opt out yeah. Completely. 
and they still will be um, represented. They still get all the raises, the benefits, everything of the contract. But the only thing that you don't get as a non-member, which is actually really important, is not being able to vote on decisions and 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 bargaining moments. Like right. there will be intermittent things that we will have to vote on. And I imagine that people that didn't join might have a second look at their decision and maybe join next time because um, there's big there's big decisions coming up. You yeah. know, and that's not even with. Um, uh, with the, you know, not even that's. I'm not saying like in three years. I'm saying soon. Yeah. You know, there'll be things that come up, and and to not have a say, but then have to deal with the repercussion. I, I don't know. If there's yeah. people, you know. Yeah. Um. So so that's why we will the you know, as a bargaining team, the the techs, technol uh, and therapists, we were actually really really fighting hard last minute for that close shop. I mean that's you know, just because it feels fair and we've worked so hard and, uh, you know, for, you know, we, we risk our livelihoods out on the strike line, right. For everyone. And it just, it just hurt that people wouldn't want to join or, or pay their fair share or, or, or pay the union dues because the union has done so much work for us that 1.4 percent is nothing yeah um it's it's really it's really nothing compared to how much um effort money heart soul sweat blood literally that um ofnhp and aft put in to help us get this contract and it wasn't out of greed it was out of their hearts like these people are dedicated to making employees lives better it's it's crazy like i i was blown away by the heart and soul of all the people that helped um but so now uh with with the new employees it um ofnhp and aft like our reps during bargaining you know we would caucus and we were all fighting so hard to disclose shop because of our passion and how much we how hard we worked and and how much money you know we lost out on the strike line to to get this contract and then ofnhp and aft said you know what it's actually okay. Your contract is so strong. Let's, you know, let's, this is a, um, what do they call it? So it's up to us as bargaining members and um, uh, the collective team of 150 so people for to approach new hires within 30 days and tell them our story, show them the news feeds from when we went on strike showing how much work we put into this and how much, how close we were to not getting a contract and tell them the story. And then hopefully they'll join. They'll be a full paying member. And I imagine, you know, 90% will. So, yeah. So I mean, once they said, okay, that's fine. Then we all kind of said, all right, you know, it's our first contract. Do we want this or not? Do we want to get this? Oh, you know, like what are we willing to do to, to end this? And that was it. That was that was the big thing we had to just yeah. just deal with. Yeah, and I, I think you know you're, you 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 talked about you know the role that um, the union uh, the the folks that aren't employed the union people who are the staff and stuff that were involved. But I mean, I also I mean the the work that that you all did 
uh, in the bargaining committee. I mean, you know, it, it's you you did that on behalf of every single member of of the yeah. of the unit, and every and 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 really every single, um, in my opinion, every single employee and patient at St. Charles Medical Center. That's who you were fighting for when you were fighting for this union contract. And hopefully, thank you for saying that. Hopefully, that's, your medical really the medical techs, meaningful. everybody that's in the unit, that's now. Um, uh, in uh, th- that now has a job that that uh, this contract covers that all of them understand that and will um, and are joining the union and and I, I think it does um, yeah it it does it 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 does put some you know you you all your work is not done right I mean you have to keep organizing your your workforce in in and encouraging them to join the union for all those reasons mm-hmm. that you just spoke of the democracy i mean it, it you know and i don't know all the issues that you're talking about coming down the pike but even electing officers i mean you know if you want to participate in the union you have to be a member of the, it's like any yeah. other organization really if you belonged to uh you know like i belong you know like i'm a member of central oregon fly fishers well if i want to have a say in who an officer is of central oregon fly mm-hmm. fishers i have to pay dues right Duh, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, it's you know, it's just duh makes sense to me, you know. But you know, I just so you, what, you know, it used to be back in the '30s uh, and the and the and into the '40s uh, and into the early '50s, I guess I would say, where stewards, uh, you know, used to have to go around and even collect dues by hand. You know that oh, there, there, that, yeah. there wasn't, that there wasn't dues checkoff, you know, automatic oh, dues checkoff, and you know. But what that did, as, as as challenging as that could be for the steward to go around and collect dues from people, and then they would actually give them a little button to wear for that month, you know, that showed that they paid right. dues that month. That you can find those things online. Uh, what that did was it really put the steward in direct contact, close communication with the members of the union, because it gave the members of the union an opportunity to talk about what was going on on their job and what if they had any complaints or whatever, you know. So it was really kind of a, a democratizing kind of thing, though it was really hard work. I, I really applaud yeah. I really applaud you, Beatrice. I, I think this was, you know, really courageous. People, people who have never gone through this have no idea how hard this is on people personally. And, and I'm sure you went through times where it was just really, you know, uh, it had to be extremely difficult on a personal level. I, I you know, and, and I really applaud all of you um, for sticking sticking to it. You know, and and going out on I'm strike, going out on strike in Central Oregon. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, the very fact that we had to go back all the way to 1980 to hear about a strike at, at St. Charles said said an awful lot about what that's like here. I mean, this is just unheard of in Central Oregon. You know. That is kind of why I call this whole scenario full circle, at least for me personally, because I was born at St. Charles in 1980, when the like I don't months before or after the the first the nurses strike. So I just think it's funny that it's kind of yeah. come all the way around. But yeah. I, you know, the the strike. I I do want to just you know say that being a part of history and being a leader in that moment and 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 not even a leader being with my coworkers and the other techs throughout the hospital on that strike line for 9 days in we had like two blizzardy mo- like it was it was awful it was so cold I and i 
I, I mean, it w- there were moments where I thought, I, I, I can't. I, my, I'm too cold. I, I cannot do this anymore. And then I thought of one of my cancer patients or, or a friend that has cancer. And I just, and immediately thought, this is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing, you know? And then we had Dee Dee, who's been here 40 years, out there every day holding a sign, dancing for however many hours a day. And I thought, okay, well, I can do this. I can do this, right? Um, just the the courage, the stamina, the dedication, the heart, the soul, the the friends that that were made. I mean, I've made connections with people that I probably would not have normally, right? I mean, it it connected us on a level that we will never forget. It's almost like when you go to you know, soldiers that get, you know, go to war. It doesn't matter what political spectrum you're on or where you're from, you are forever united. And that is how the people that were on that strike line, that's how we feel. Like, I am, I love all the girls that were on that line with me um, in, in my group. Like, I... We will, we will never forget each other. Yeah. And it is the most, it is the, um... It has given me even more courage, and I feel so much more supported at work. And I know that it's not just my group. I know that it's, however, you know, a hundred other techs throughout the hospital that we will always have those awful moments that were so it was so hard mentally because we didn't think we, that St. Charles would let us go on strike. We thought there's no way the doctors, there's no way that anyone will let this happen and have scabs come, right? Like that was, we just thought there's no way. And then to have that last nine days was mind blowing. Yeah. Um, it was, it was like, um, here's what it felt like to be on the bargaining team and on the strike line. It felt like I was in a federal court case while marching on a, you know, on a cold mountain every day. I don't know. It was like physically and mentally exhausting. But the fact that everyone else made it and we lasted and we didn't, we didn't stand down until we got them to bargain. Right. And, and you had a lot of community support. Oh my goodness. That was even more, but yeah, the heart, the, we, we felt it. Immediately, yeah. we knew that you know ninety percent of Ben was behind us. And, it, that, it just it felt amazing. Yeah, and 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 I think the credit for that goes to your union, the uh, Oregon Federation of Nurses and yeah. Health Professionals, for reaching out oh to the God. community. You know, uh, not every union in an organizing drive does that kind of outreach that's needed. And, and in Bend, Oregon, you absolutely need community support to win a union struggle. Uh, it just mm-hmm. it just can't do it alone. And so I, I give your union credit for that. And also the Nurses Association for getting its members out. I, I met some of them on the picket line as well. Uh, the doctors who spoke up, um, yeah, you know, that was huge. Uh, publicly spoke up, which is really you know, an act of courage in and of itself. It might not sound that way to to the public, oh. but, but you know, yeah. I'm sure St. Charles was not happy <laughs> when doctors, you know, were saying some of the stuff that they were saying. I, I think your community support was tremendous. 
Yeah, we are so thankful for the nurses. I mean, you know, we were, lunch was provided. There was, there was a never ending supply of food, coffee, you know, never ending. Like we all would have gained 10 pounds, but we were walking 15 miles a day back and forth. So, um, evened out, but the, um, yeah, the doctors that spoke up were, we'll never forget them, but OFNHP and AFT, like I said, um, they, the people that were on our team, honestly, I don't think I would do it again if I didn't, if, if I knew that they weren't going to be on my team. We have, we have geniuses and not just geniuses, but people with heart. And that's a really hard combination. Um, I just, I, I cannot believe the level of expertise and, and heart and soul that we got to work with. Yeah. It, I just, yeah, I just know how lucky we were. Yeah. So, and the and the public support as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for for listeners who just turned in, tuned in, I should have said this earlier. Uh, I'm talking to Beatrice uh, Olivo, who's a medical tech, a uh, radiation therapist at St. Charles Medical Center, about the new un, new uh, union contract that she helped to bargain uh, for medical techs, members of the Oregon Federation of Nurses and Health Professionals. So let's talk a bit about the contract. What what are some of the highlights for you that are in the contract? Um, <laughs> pay. <laughs> um, we, uh, the whole press release that came out, you know, after the contract was signed, it was pretty funny, uh, how you know, both sides handled it. But the truth is that, um, you know, we all got some sort of a bump and that was anywhere from eight to 25% at first. And then we're doing these wage audits where will the, there will be milestones of how many years of service you have, and you will be placed accordingly up to a 20-year range, which is great. So people at the 20-year range will be maxed out. So people like Dee Dee, who's been here 40 years, right. she now knows she's going to be at the top. And that was there's some huge, there's some people that are getting 12 to 14 dollars an hour or more that weren't part of the initial group with the certified um, surgical techs that got like a 15 something dollar an hour raise. And that was during negotiations. That was before the contract because they were so underpaid. They couldn't keep staff here and St. Charles, you know, corrected for that. And Um, I I think it's important for listeners to know that that kind of stuff that happens before bargaining is often driven by the fact that the union is involved and active in the, in the workplace. I mean, it's not, it's not just from the, it's not just that somebody at St. Charles woke up one morning and said, Oh, we want to pay these people more money. (laughs) It was because (laughs) you guys were active. Yeah. Yeah. And they like to spin it and that's fine. You know, it's a, it's a business. They, you know, they got to say what they need. But I, but I will say that it's, it's pretty easy for management to say, you know, and this is just my opinion. It's pretty easy for them to say, after the fact, to say, "Oh well, we would have given this to you anyway." I mean, you know, that's kind mm-hmm. of a you know, yeah. you know yeah. really. How do we know? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so what else? Yeah. What what else are the things that you like that are the highlights that you appreciate having in your first union contract? Um, uh, the big thing we have, you know, grievance. We have. Um, for me personally, since I the the relief article ended up being a beast, it was probably the second hardest article for us to pass because each department uses relief so differently. 
And so it was a, how do we possibly cover how 12 different departments use relief? Um, so, of course, St. Charles wanted to throw in minimums, and reliefs wanted to have maximum uses. Um, but I fought specifically for um, being um, for job postings. So as a relief, if you want to be full-time now, there will be a list of people that want to either go up to full-time or go down to relief. And if you are, you know, a current employee and, and um, uh, you know, not under correct, corrective action or anything, that you should get that spot. So there should be a list in order of seniority. And, and we didn't have that. So I've been here three and a half years and I've applied to a bunch of jobs that I probably should have had, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so now, you know, that feels good. Um, there will be um, seniority is huge. So seniority with, um, with everyone for booking vacations and being called off or being offered additional hours. Seniority has kind of been a thing, but not written out, right? It's been like a gray area in most departments. Um, so that was, that was huge, which seems like a little thing. But when you have people like Dee Dee and Tiffany, you know, Tiffany's been here 27 years, who get their schedules messed with instead of being offered the the best schedule, there's something wrong. So they fought real hard for that, and we got pretty much everything we wanted out of that. And I honestly think it will be good for St. Charles as well, obviously. I mean, you want your your seniority people, you know, the, the legends, to be happy. You want them to... To retire happy, don't you? <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I hope I hope St. Charles has has gotten there because I do feel like um, that was a big that was a big win. Um, uh, oh gosh, um, I'm being put on. Well, the spot. I think it's, I think what you mentioned in terms of discipline and grievance procedure is very mm-hmm. important That's for people huge. to understand that you know without a union, you know, and and this is an extreme thing to say, but it's true is that. You know, literally, you know, the boss can fire you for anything. Yes, and they because they can. don't like the, the color of the yeah. uh, your tennis, your 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 shoes. Right. Or, I mean, you know, that's that's absurd. I know, but but you know, if they if somebody wants if the boss wants to get rid of you, they can. And if you have a yes. if you have a grievance procedure, at least you have a a way to defend yourself and to have your union steward with you, present in mm-hmm. you know and and save your job. And I will say, um, you know, the, the stewards or the, the reps, you know, um, being now ha- being able to have them with you in any, any sort of disciplinary or meeting, you know, a, if your supervisor says, hey, can we talk real quick? Now you can be like, I don't know. <laughs> Let me get my rep. You know, it's just, it's like having um, a lawyer. It feels like you're, you have a lawyer with you. Right. Just, yeah. And yeah. It's, it uh, the anxiety is less. I don't know. I just it's um I I feel like St. Charles maybe for a while was you know disciplining here and there maybe without you know the 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 right intent and now there'll be a, a grievance process for that and I I think that the whole culture here will change pretty quickly. Um because they're not going to call these meetings for little things and, you know, um, and just knowing that you have somebody behind you and you have also the network of 150 people that won't let things happen to you. It's 
I don't know. I yeah. just it definitely uh, already feels it's yeah, different. Yeah, the solidarity, the solidarity is there, and 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 management, you know, is is they're gonna they have to recognize that, and so you know, hopefully, hopefully they do, and 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 they and they also want uh, what you want, you know, which is which is. Uh, everything to run smoothly. I, I totally agree with you. I, I mean, I've long said that, you know, I think that a contract uh, between uh, workers and management benefits both sides. It particularly benefits what I would call in, 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 the, in other industries, what you'd call middle management, the people who are directly in contact with the workers. It may not benefit those at the very top who never right. leave their offices, but for those that are, it's, it's, you have something written, you know. You have something that you, you both both sides have to follow. You know what it, you know what the rules are, and you know, and and it just makes life. It seems to me it would make life if I was a middle manager, uh, which I would never want to be. But 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 if I was, it would. <laughs> I would. I, I you know I would want to know what. Okay, what can I do? What can I not do? You know. Uh, I yeah. will say that I do think there's a little learning curve going on, you know, immediately day one. It was, right. ah, no one can do this. Um, but once it's all settled, I do think it'll just be black and white, right? Yeah. It, it'll yeah. be clear cut. Um, and any gray areas will be, you know, cleared up by the union or any notes that we took during negotiations. So I do think it will make management's job eventually, hopefully, easier, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And that's a win for both sides. Exactly. Um, and, and just Going back to that, the funny thing that you forget when you first bargain, at least if this was, you know, my first contract, my first labor union, I, I didn't even think about the fact that when we were negotiating, it is also some, the hospital gains things too. And that was kind of um, a big my a big boulder like mentally to climb because we thought the whole contract is going to be good for us positive you know progress progress for for the text but quite honestly in every article saint charles you know they gain some sort of control somewhere else it's a give and take Right. It really, really is, and I none. Of, I don't know that any of us that hadn't negotiated or done a contract before even thought of. So it was really hard to get over, and even like I said, that those last final hours, you know, at midnight the night we 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 realized, do do we want this or not? We have to give. We have to give them something yeah. to get what we want. Um, so that was a big uh, surprise at first, yeah. but. I understand it now, and like I said, I think then it—that's why now I call it, you know, a partnership. First, first contracts are always the the hardest. I mean, they're extremely yeah. hard, and you're never going to get your. Uh, you know, I do not know of a single first contract that I've ever heard of where people get where where the workers get absolutely everything they want. It's, no way. It's a stepping. Yeah. It's a stepping stone. It's a building block. It's it sets the stage. Uh, for future negotiations, and as long as you can keep building uh, union solidarity within within the workplace, that next round of bargaining, while it's not going to be any easier, uh, you might get you might be able to gain a little bit more. You know, I mean, and that's and that's the yeah, way it goes. There's a lot of work to yeah. do. Like we definitely, yeah. I yeah. mean, it was it was a really really hard pill to swallow at the end. But I I know that you know in three years, which will fly by. 
will gain some more. And in the meanwhile, you know, we at least have some guaranteed, um, you know, steps and guaranteed wage audits. And that was huge for us. Yeah. It was huge for us. I mean, that was number one, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I got, you know, I got a great rate. You know, I, I still think I should make three times as much more, but don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with knowing what you knowing knowing what you deserve and figuring out ways to down the road fight for it. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a constant. It's it's kind of a, a constant struggle. So I want to I want to thank you. We're we're running out of time here, but yep. I really I really want to thank you, Beatrice Olivo, for spending all this time on on the radio uh, with me talking about this. I really really appreciate where you're coming from on this. As a longtime union supporter, I just want to thank you and, and the members of your bargaining committee for doing this because whether, whether everyone in Central Oregon realizes it or not, realizes it or not, what you did will help all working people in Central Oregon. I truly believe that, you know, that we talk about the community wage and mm -hmm. the community attitude towards working people and the need for dignity and respect for all workers. I think what you have done is one of those steps towards making that more possible for more people. So thank you. Thank you, Michael. I, yeah, we just want to thank you from the union and my coworkers, everyone, for um, supporting you know labor unions and and being a part of this and giving me some time to have a platform to. Yeah, yeah. and I want to encourage any listeners as well to, um, it, you know, if you hear of a petition for your career to join a union to. Um, yeah, just just fight hard, and um, it's it's a scary it's a scary thing, um, but it is so worth it. And like I said, just being a part of this and and the and the um, unity you gain with your coworkers is worth it. Yeah, thank you, thank well, you thank again, you thank you, me. thank you, Beatrice Oliva. I really appreciate yeah. you coming on uh, to the Radical Songbook. You, have thank a good you. day. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and a program schedule, go to kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org.